following Gala Darling on various social media platforms since before Instagram was a twinkle in a developer's eye. Her work started off more fashion and influencer-based, pivoted into boss babe oriented projects like the blog academy and now she has officially tapped into her sweet spot as a spirituality and personal development guru of sorts so before we jump into all that good stuff my name is jennifer perkins and you are listening to the creative queso podcast each week i talk to illustrators sewists authors art teachers fabric designers all those kind of crafty, creative people. But in celebration of Halloween, my very favorite holiday, I am tapping into another side of the creative business spectrum and throwing in a few fun guests like today's episode with Gala Darling. Y'all, creative business comes in all different shapes and sizes. And at the end of the day, if you're selling crystal healing or you're selling crochet, business is business is business. And it's all about the creative ways you present it and sell it to people. Gala discovered tapping in her 20s, and this led her down her current path where she was clearly always meant to be. She is the best-selling author of Radical Self-Love and Radical Radiance, How to Make Love to the Universe and Manifest Anything, a motivational speaker, host of the weekly YouTube series High Vibe Honey, and now she is adding paid subscription site owner to her lengthy resume. We will go into all the details of her new site, The Vortex. You are going to love the energy Gala exudes in this interview and walk away feeling inspired and ready to manifest all of your crafty dreams. You're going to learn amazing tips and tricks about creating online classes from an expert, plus lots of ideas about a morning practice to make sure your day is all hustle and no hassle. Oh, and FYI, before we get started, if you have the littles with you, you might want to wait to listen or bust out the noise-canceling headphones. Stellar business advice is sometimes best extenuated with a few F-bombs. Okay, let's do this. All right. I am so excited that you are here with me today because... I was saying before we got started that I'm a little bit, I was a little bit fangirling just because I remember you from back in the days when you did very lengthy blog posts and kind of more, almost more fashion-y trend spotting stuff back when, you know, I used to have a jewelry company called Naughty Secretary Club, like way back when. (laughs) So I guess I have two questions. So one is when and the other is why did you kind of start transitioning away from that into the more you know the spirituality theme that you're in now yeah that's a great question and also thank you so much for reading for so long you know when you have an audience it's such a privilege to actually hold on to them for a long period of time like that's amazing so i really appreciate that but i started to make the shift in I think it was about 2011 because I had been in fashion blogging since 2006 and I noticed things were shifting. Fashion blogging started for outsiders. It was rebels and weirdos and people like, you know, Susie Bubble and Brian Boy and me. And we would wear whatever the fuck we wanted. And it was not about what you own or designers or who you knew. It was just about having a point of view and a sense of style and sharing it with the world and hopefully inspiring other people to dress in a more joyful or interesting way. That was really all it was about for me. And in about 2010, 2011, things really shifted. Blogging, fashion blogging became very um, designer driven. You would see these like, girls who had, you know, massive family money were like, like burst onto the scene and they would have, you know, 25 Chanel handbags and people really resonated with that. And I kind of felt like I didn't want to compete with that because it wasn't my thing. And I also, you know, had been going to a lot of fashion week events and it really didn't mean anything to me. I wasn't excited to be there. I didn't feel like I was doing anything meaningful by being there, Um, especially because 
you know, you would get invited to these fashion week shows and, you know, Vogue would send their team to shoot the runway. So like, why am I really there? You know, I wasn't interested in writing about collections. I wasn't going to wear what they were wearing on the runway and I couldn't take great photos. So like, what's the fucking point? And I started to really pay attention to what I was enjoying reading and being a part of, which was more about self-development, which I've always been interested in. And my blog always did have that as a side angle, but I decided I wanted to really shift into that world and that I was more excited about that. And so I started to slowly transition my content in that direction. And it's one of the best decisions I've ever made, you know, and I was concerned about it in the beginning because I was like, I don't even know if these self-development people are going to accept me. Like I remember Jonathan Fields and Danielle Laporte kind of being at the top of my list and, you know, they accepted me so quickly and featured me on their podcasts and all that stuff. It just happened really easily. And I think it's just because I was following what was truly interesting to me. You know, it's so hard to fake being interested in something you just can't do it for any real length of time. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. That's a great answer. Cause I, I too went through a similar thing where I kind of had to transition mm-hmm. from my original, cause I mentioned Naughty Secretary Club into kind of a new thing that I do now. And like, it's a tricky, it can be tricky, like bringing those people along with you for the ride, but you know, you're flourishing. I mean, I thought you were like amazing and top of your game then, but now you seem to even just like really be like flourishing. Like you found your calling, like, this is it. This is what you should have been doing all along. Absolutely. And I also think it's beautiful to see people find their calling and flourish there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a woman called Raquel Reed, who's an incredible burlesque performer. And she, I've been following her online since MySpace and like live journal and Buzznet and stuff. And she was kind of like an alternative model, you know? And when I saw her perform burlesque, maybe a couple of years ago, I went up to her afterwards and I was like, I've been following your career for so long. And this is clearly what you're supposed to be doing. And you are, you just demonstrate so much joy while you're doing it. And it's really beautiful to see that. I think it's healthy for people to see other people flourishing because it reminds us that there's a place for all of us. There's a place where we can all really flourish and just do great things in the world. And sometimes it takes a moment to figure out what the fuck that is. Like, the first thing you pick is probably not going to be that thing. And that's okay. Yeah, no, it's like your high school boyfriend. You're like, this is the one I'm going to marry. And it's like, no, it's probably really not. It's like your first like side hustle or creative endeavor is probably not right. your life's calling. you got to figure it out. Like takes a little bit of time. <laughs> totally. So when you, you know, kind of were transitioning people over and you mentioned that you did have some of this talk of self-development on you know, your original, you know, blog type things, you've always been real open about tapping. Mm -hmm. So was that kind of your, your gateway drug, as it were, into, you know, all the things you're into now? Because now I see you, you know, do, you're doing like some tarot card stuff on your YouTube, talking about frequencies, astrology. So is tapping kind of what, you know, brought you over to that side? I have always been interested in self-development. When I worked in a university bookshop when I was like 18 years old, I would hide behind the pillars of books and like read Tony Robbins whenever I could get a free moment. Like I always loved it. And I grew up, my parents were really into self-development and new age stuff. My father would listen to Wayne Dyer and all these people. And um, my parents were very open-minded. And so they kind of, I remember going to like a summer camp that they sent me to where they taught us how to meditate. You know what I mean? Like we did. And it's so interesting because my my parents aren't like hippies. They're not granola. They're very like, I don't know, like aggressive goal seekers, but like they were also interested in self-development. So I have that like interesting mix, but I was always interested in it, but I really didn't know how to actualize any of it until I started tapping when I was 22. Um, I discovered tapping when I was 22. For those of you listening who don't know what it is, it's basically acupuncture without needles and it removes energetic blockages so that you can, like I have said a million times, thrive and flourish. And, um, Yeah. Once I started tapping, I was able to see what beauty the world truly held. And then I was able to put into place some of these tactics or ideas or, or different systems that, you know, before I tapped, I was too cynical to really embrace or try. Mm -hmm. So now how could someone, 
use, like, like say for me, like I've never tried tapping. I mean, I've seen you do it. I've heard other people talk about it. How could someone who's more in my line of work, like as a creative or a crafter use tapping to maybe come overcome things like a creative blocker, like another really common thing within my community. And I'm sure everyone's community is like imposter syndrome. Could tapping work on something like that? Absolutely. You know, I feel like tapping can work on everything. So you should try it on everything. And even if it doesn't remove everything that's going on, it will at least reduce your stress levels about it so that you can see new solutions. And that's a really big part of tapping is removing that, you know, overlying layer of anxiety and stress and fear, which really does block us from coming up with innovative solutions. So you know, the best way to start tapping probably, you know, I have a weekly series that you just mentioned called High Vibe Honey, where every week I pull tarot cards and then we tap to release the blockages we may have around those cards. Like I could say to you, okay, this card says that, you know, something painful has happened to you and it's time for you to let that go. And you're listening to me and you're thinking, yeah, but I don't know how to do that. Or I don't know if I'm ready to do that. And then I lead you into a tapping session where we like loosen that so it can be more malleable. So you can release it. So you can let go of it and you don't have to carry that baggage anymore. So that's really why I created high vibe honey, because people have heard about tapping. They don't really understand how to use it. And this is just the simplest way ever. You just watch what I'm doing and you repeat after me. It couldn't be more simple. Yeah, no, I watched your, the one for this week before earlier this morning when I was like, you know, doing my cyber stalking research that I do before every interview. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I see. I see. Like, I mean, I knew obviously there was a pattern, but it is nice to like watch you do it, discuss it, you know, kind of see step by step how it's done. It's so simple. And, you know, the one from this week was about flirting with the universe. So it was really about just opening yourself up to seeing the beauty in the world, being open to new opportunities, you know, noticing the stranger and like just really being in the flow with everything. And, you know, they're different every week. I think the week before that it was tapping on being a rich bitch and like allowing yourself to be abundant and feel prosperous. And, you know, the goal of these is just to make you feel really good and set you up energetically for the week so that you know that you can handle whatever life throws at you. Yeah, no. And I like that you talk about, like you just mentioned manifesting, because I think that's another thing that within my genre people have trouble with, you know, there's always that kind of stigma of like, oh, well, artists should be starving, you know, or you're not valid if you're like making money or those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So I think I really feel like that's some like issues that a lot of creatives and artists should be should be tapping their way through. They need to be working on those issues and it's okay to like want abundance. Absolutely. And, you know, your thoughts are the soil that everything grows from. So if you're telling yourself that real artists are starving or whatever, like there's no fucking way you're ever going to be profitable because you are telling yourself the most toxic, dangerous, sad idea all the time. And it's also complete bullshit. Look at all the amazing artists that you admire. They're not fucking begging for a scrap of bread. They are fucking thriving. They are killing it. So it's just a bullshit idea. Like when I was in my early twenties and I have always been a writer, so I always knew that's what I wanted to do. And I struggled with depression and an eating disorder and I was having a really hard time. But one of my core beliefs was that if I I was happy my art would be shit and mm-hmm. I released that belief with tapping like there was no way that I was really going to be happy because I thought that I needed to suffer for my art to be good and these thoughts that we have these beliefs that we hold are so important we really do have to question them you have to be like an anarchist in your own mind and overthrow the ideas that are no longer serving you Most of us think terrible things all the time that are truly not serving us, that are really holding us back from our potential. Yeah, you just have to like work on like stopping that loop, Mm -hmm. like hitting the pause button and getting a new thing on track. Absolutely. So on High Vibe Honey, I noticed that you also had, you mentioned it, but did you do like a tarot card? So like I interviewed uh, Jennifer Sodini last week or week before from Evolve and Ascend and she has a new Oracle deck and she and I were talking about how you can like combine all those things so like what are what are some ways that you combine say like tarot tapping 
oracle crystals, like all the, all the spiritual things they are kind of having this, they're having a moment, you know, all of a sudden everybody's talking about all these things. You know, they're having a moment when you can buy crystals at fucking Urban Outfitters. You know what I'm saying? Like that's when you know that shit is a trend. Um, I think, you know, everything works in a complimentary fashion and they all do different things for you. You know, I like I'm sitting in my office right now and I'm sitting at my desk, but next to me, I have this huge bench, which is just a big altar. And I have a print of a tarot card on there. I have a miniature cauldron in front of it that I burnt incense in. And I have a some statues and some big crystals and candles burning. And, you know, I think everything just works together. It's like, you know, problems that you have are not just one thing. It's like, it's probably systemic. There's probably a whole lot of things that need to be worked on. Like every issue in your life is holistic. For example, if you feel bloated, you probably don't want to just go to the gym. You might also want to look at the foods you're eating and your gut health and the thoughts you're thinking about your health and the thoughts you're thinking about the foods you eat and all of that stuff. So we really have to look at our lives with a a lot of detail. And I think people are really keen on slapping a bandaid on things. Like they think, Oh, you know, my business is really suffering. I'm just going to buy this like citrine crystal and hope that, you know, I start getting some clients, but it's like, well, it's not really about that. It's like, what do you believe about yourself and what you're worth? And then how are you expressing that through your business? You know, what kind of things are you sharing on social media? How do you write your newsletters? Like, this is bigger than just buy a crystal and solve your problems. It's never that simple. We really do have to look at everything that's going on. Yeah, no, it's definitely got to be like a multi-pronged attack, like, or, you know, or a multi-pronged way of like kind of fixing those inner, inner problems that are causing the blockage in the first place. Yes, exactly. I agree. I totally agree. So when did you come up with, because you have a book by the same name, when did you come up with the idea of radical self-love? Because it seems like you were using that term long before the book ever came to fruition. Yeah, I came up with that term in 2011 and I came up with it on Valentine's Day because I was writing a blog post and I thought, man, this day sucks for so many people because they're putting their value on what happens today. Like they determine their worth based on whether someone sends them a card or some flowers or an overstuffed teddy bear. And I thought, this is not reality. And let's start a revolution where we love ourselves like we want other people to love us and take yourself out on dates and go and do the things that you're like waiting to have a boyfriend to do those things with. Like, fuck that. Go do it yourself and enjoy your life and stop looking at being single potentially as being just a stopgap on the way to having a new partner. Like, why not live your life joyfully And if someone awesome crosses your path, then you can invite them in to share that with you. But the goal of life should not be trying to find a partner. I don't think that's healthy. And it's also very off-putting for the people that you might be romantically interested in. You know, they can smell that desperation on you. It's not safety. And what people really want to be around, healthy people at least, is someone who has their own life, who has their own goals and dreams, and doesn't rely on someone else to make them happy or fill their emotional cup or any of those things. It's too big a burden to put on one other person. You know, most of us have a hard time making ourselves happy, let alone someone else in addition. Yeah, no, exactly. I remember like one of the most profound things I ever had happen to me is my husband and I've been together 20 years, but when we, I don't know, we'd been together a while and my father-in-law said to me, this is before I had my jewelry company or was crafting and doing all those things. He was like, what is it that you do besides be Chris's girlfriend? And I was just like, whoa, like he didn't mean to be like rude, but just hearing that I was like, you know what? I'm not doing anything besides trying to be like this girlfriend. Like I do need need like my own thing and my own self-worth and, you know, all the things. And it really led to the trajectory of my career now. But yeah, no, that's an important thing for people to realize, like, it's not all about the partner. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you're younger, it's really easy to make your life about your partner. Like that's kind of something that we do. And it's a lesson that we learn, hopefully, and, you know, go on to do things differently in the future. 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't you can't fault your 20 year old self for thinking those things. We all do at some point in our lives. (laughs) So. All right. So now that went on to be a book. Like, how did that come about that? Did like the publisher reach out to you? Did you reach out to a publisher? Like, how did how did the physical book of that idea come about? So I had been running my blog for a couple of years and at the time, you know, it was a business straight away. My intention was that it would make money. I was like, this is not my fucking hobby. This is how I'm going to make my living. So I started selling advertising like banner ads. Like this is so old school. Who who even clicks or sees a banner ad anymore? Um, (laughs) But I was selling banner ads on my website to companies like Mod Cloth and American Apparel, like such a blast from the past. And that was going really well. And then the economy took a dive in 2008 and those companies were no longer buying blog advertising, especially on smaller blogs like mine. And I had just moved to New York city. I was living in a sublet in the West village on Carmine street and I was paying $2,500 a month for it. And I thought, I really don't want to be homeless in New York. I'm going to have to figure out how to make money out of this business. And I called my friend, uh, this guy called Mike Dooley, who runs Notes from the Universe. And I said, fuck, I've got this, you know, this blog and this audience, but I don't know how to make a living. What do I do? And he said, well, he's an author. He was like, I walk around my house with a dictaphone and I speak into it and I sell CDs of that to my audience. And I thought... That's a really good idea, except my audience is much younger. They probably wouldn't want to listen to a CD. But what if I wrote a book chapter by chapter and I released an audio file of that chapter every month as well? And I just, you know, did a serial basically of a book. So that's what I did. And that ended up being the first draft of what eventually became my book. And that must have been in like 2008, 2009. It's such a long time ago that I did this. And in, I think I then worked it into kind of being a book or at least a proposal. I shopped it around to some publishers a couple of years later and they weren't interested. They didn't understand. They were like, we don't get it. And I was really destroyed by that because I couldn't understand why they couldn't understand the idea. And this is before body positivity was even a a phrase, like nobody was talking about this at the time. And a couple of years later, I decided that I wanted to try it again. I took it back to my agent. She was like, nobody's buying this shit right now. I was like, fuck, okay. But technology had changed so much in those most recent two years that you could now self-publish through Amazon um, and like the tools had just changed. So I decided that this book was worth self-publishing and I thought I will fund this project myself. I believe that this is a book that people should read. I believe the message is important. So I rewrote it. I hired an editor and we went through it and made it like cleaned it up and reworked it. I hired a photographer to shoot the cover. I hired an illustrator to draw pictures for all the chapters. I hired a graphic designer to design the cover and the interior. And then I launched it on Amazon as a presale and I launched it and it became like a number one in its category within a couple of hours. And a few days later, I got an email from Hay House saying, we'd love to buy this book from you. So what I ended up doing was self-publishing it for a couple of months and like fulfilling all those pre-orders. And then Hay House bought it and like repackaged it just a little bit and then released it to the general public again. So that's the story of that book. (laughs) Um, it's It's a slightly convoluted story, but I think the most important things are you know, people aren't always going to understand your idea and you have to back yourself and don't wait for a gatekeeper. That's always a mistake. Number two, sometimes you're just ahead of the technology. So be patient. And finally, like you have to be willing to really support your own ideas. Like almost every time I've done something significant, it has been on me to create it first and then show people what was possible because people can't always understand my vision. Sometimes I have to make the thing and show them. And, you know, I think ideally what we're doing in our lives with our work is so important to us that we're willing to take that gamble. And I think if we're all that committed to what we do, then we really can't lose. Yeah, no, I love that. And you're the second 
person I've had on the podcast that had a similar thing where they had my girlfriend, Amy Tangerine, and she's more in like the scrapbooking field, but she has a book called Craft a Life You Love. And she had the same thing happen where she had this vision for the book she wanted, exactly how she wanted it. And she did the same thing, self-published it immediately, you know, went to number one, all the things. And then the publisher came to her and was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. like we do want this. So I think, like you said, the lesson is like, if you really believe in it and you know, it's just like amazing thing that people need in their lives. Like, you know, go with your gut, as they say. Totally. And, you know, it also took me a long time to feel confident enough to do that. You know, I got rejected by all the big five publishers or whatever, and it was really hard. And it took me a couple of years, honestly, to recuperate from that and feel brave enough to do it myself. So also, you know, don't put a lot of stress on yourself thinking that you should be this like warrior immediately. You know, it takes time. And in those two years that, you know, my book hadn't been published and it was just like sitting on a shelf and I was like, what do I do with this? I learned so much in just continually doing the work, you know, the book thing wasn't working. And so I kept blogging and I was writing and I was meeting new people and learning new things. And it actually made the book much better by the time I released it because I learned so much in those two years that made the book just much stronger. And I always feel like there's a reason why things don't work out for you. You know, I love that phrase, rejection is protection. Honestly, mm-hmm. my experience has always been that whenever something doesn't work out, especially when I really, really, really wanted it, I realized that it was the greatest blessing that it didn't happen in that time frame or at all. Yeah, it just wasn't, it wasn't the time for it. And like, if you, even though you didn't realize that, somebody did mm-hmm. and was holding it back for you. Yeah. Now, you also have Radical Radiance, and it seems like, which is how to make love to the universe and manifest anything. So it sounds like you're doing more in terms with this book, like you did originally with radical self-love, which I love the idea of like releasing a chapter at a time and you can read it or you can read it to them. Like, so how is that working out? Like, I'd love that idea. I think it's so clever. It's like, like you said, a serial or like a pay for like podcast. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's really fun because firstly, it gives you, um, you know, a framework. Like you say to the people at the beginning, like, okay, you're going to get 10 chapters, one chapter a month. We start in September, we end in July or whatever it is. And so that's exactly what I did with Radical Radiance. And so I announced it on my birthday last year. I finished it in July of this year. And, you know, having an audience of people who are ready for you to send them a chapter every month is the best motivation to get your words done. Because otherwise, where's the deadline? Like, it doesn't matter. Most people who write books, you know, they might bit here, a little bit there. It's like, who cares? Whatever. When your audience is waiting for you to deliver something, you better fucking deliver it. And to me, you know, that's the best motivation. And like, I have learned over time what motivates me most. And that is the best way for me to keep the pressure on personally. It's how I work best creatively. But we could all still go and like get the back episodes, I guess, of the book if we wanted it. Just because it's not going live now, it doesn't mean it's not there and available. Yes, exactly. It's still available. Okay. So, and, you know, not only just that, which you did like bit by bit, we talked about the YouTube, but you also have lots of online classes. And one of the things I wanted to talk to you about with that is I heard you... I don't remember, like I said, I was doing the cyber stalking research. And one of the things I heard you mention, which I thought was great, because in my space, a lot of people want to get into online classes and they think of it as this really passive income, which I know it's not always necessarily. But something you mentioned was making your classes really simple where it's like, you know, here's the information, here's this, it ends in two weeks, which I think is such great advice because I have signed up for so many classes that there was so much stuff Mm. coming at me and I didn't finish it. And then I'm beating myself up for not finishing it, you know? So can you speak to that a little bit about your method for teaching online classes? Absolutely. You know, I've been developing online classes since probably 2008 and I have created so many different things and really, you know, trends have changed too. It used to be that you would like get a PDF maybe that was like a hideous word document when you bought something. And then, you know, more recently there's a trend where like you sign up and you get like this huge workbook and fucking 35 videos per week and this and that and da, 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 da. And, you know, my belief is that people are really busy and 
if they want to make an improvement in their life, they have only a limited amount of time to really commit to it. And I also believe that by letting people have a small win every day, they're more likely to keep it up. The momentum builds and continues and they're more likely to finish. And, you know, two weeks is such a good time frame for a class because it's enough time that you're going to feel a change, but you're not going to get bored. And, you know, with Radical Rituals Abundance, for example, which is my best-selling money manifesting class, Every activity that I give you, so you get one activity a day for two weeks, literally will take you less than 15 minutes to complete. It's so easy, you know, it's so easy to do. And that's why people get such great results with it because they actually finish it because it's not like, oh, here's a workbook that I need you to fill out. Like, first of all, who's going to even print that thing off to fill it in? And, you know, (laughs) I know that people are like, I really want to give value and I want people to think it's important and valuable and all those things. And that's great. But the most way, like the best way to to deliver value is to make something complicated, simple, and to teach somebody something in a way that they're like, oh, okay, I get it. And that's something that I really do specialize in is making a complicated subject easy. And that's why it looks so, sometimes it looks almost like, oh, duh. But it's like, yeah, that's my skill set is making a hard thing really easy for you to action and implement. And I think that's the other thing too, is when I teach, my focus is on what's the activity that we can do. Like, I'm not very interested in theory because it doesn't help you when it's time to like make some moves. So I'll tell you like exactly what to do. Like here are the steps and that's what people want. Like make it really simple for them. Tell them what to do. They have invested in you because they believe that you can show them the way. So you better fucking show them the way. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, I feel like a lot of classes too go with much more of that, like Carl Rogerian or like, you know, approach where it's like you say something to them or, you know, they say something to you and you're just saying it back. It's like, no, I already know that. Like, don't say it back to me. Like, I, I'm, I'm wanting you to help me find an answer for this question, you know, so. Exactly. No, I totally, I totally get that. So that's good. Good for good advice for class creators. Do you have a certain, like, do you do it all on your own like website, your classes, or do you have like a specific platform that you like work working with? Like, I didn't see anything through like teachable or Skillshare. It's all like on your own site, right? Well, for a long time, it was all through my own site and I would um, do it that way. But we have recently switched over to Kajabi, which we really like. Mm-hmm. And my latest thing that I've just, I literally just launched this is the Vortex, which is a membership site. And it's all through Kajabi and it's absolutely so great and amazing. I'm just love it so much. Oh, good. Well, I want to jump right into the Vortex. That was my next <laughs> set of hot burning questions. So tell us, tell us all about it. So the Vortex is my vision of a high vibe television channel and community all wrapped in one. And a couple of years ago, I was going through a hard time and I watched a video by a spiritual teacher and she said, your job is to feel good. And if you don't feel good, do something that makes you feel good and everything in your life will work. And I had been trying like the Tony Robbins approach and I'd been making more to-do lists and reading books and like none of it was helping me. And I thought, okay, fuck it. I'll try feeling good. Like that. that's, I'll try it. I'll do anything. I'll try this. And I started to do it and it really shifted my life so, so quickly. And when I was going through that, it was kind of an isolating experience because nobody that I knew was really on board with this idea. It was a new idea. And you know, I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. And it was hard to find material, especially online, that was really going to contribute to that. And I wish that I could just turn on a TV channel that was all high vibe content all the time that would remind me of my power and my strength and my capability and that would inspire me. And, you know, my belief, and this is how I've really run my business, is that if you believe there's something that should exist and it doesn't exist, then it's your job to make it. So, That's what I started to do. So we launched the Vortex. It's a beautiful membership site. You get a drop of content every Monday and it's always different. There's hypnosis, there's meditations, there's tapping, there's astrology, there's advice shows. Um, And then there's a beautiful community attached to it. And we're over a thousand people strong and it just goes off. And it's such a good place. It's like, 
I've been asking people how they're feeling about it. And someone said, this is like a new type of internet. You know, there's no shitty vibes. Everyone is there to evolve and go higher and to support the other women there. And it's just the best place. It's evolved into even more than I could have imagined. And we've literally only been open for 17 days. Ooh, that's exciting. So is it all you all the time or do you have other like people in there doing segments or? No, I've brought in my favorite experts. So the people that I believe are the best in their field, I've called on to join us. So I have um, Grace Smith doing hypnosis. I have Colin Bedell from Queer Cosmos doing astrology. I have Jessica Snow doing meditations. And, you know, I've just called on all these incredible people to add their talents because I think, you know, we're so much more powerful when we're together. And I also know like, I'm not going to be a great meditation guide. I'm okay, but I'm not practiced. It's not my expertise. And so I want to bring in the people who are the very, very best to support you. And that's what we've done. And just, it's just been the most amazing experience. Ooh, that sounds good. So is that like, what's the URL for that? I'm sure we can find it off of your website, but is there a specific website for it? You can. So you can go to bit.ly slash gala vortex. However, the gates are closed right now, but they will reopen in December. So stick around, follow me on Instagram. I'm at gala darling and you will hear when we open the gates next. So you can ask Santa for a uh, a membership to the Vortex. Exactly. <laughs> Sounds perfect. I know. I know what I'll be asking. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so it within. Are you going to still, even though you have the Vortex, are you going to still keep doing like online classes and the high vibe honey videos and all of all of the things? Are you going to keep that in conjunction with the Vortex? Yeah, I'm going to keep doing all of those things. And I'm still, you know, I still love doing high vibe honey. And I still do a show called the Gala Darling Show where I bring on guests and I interview them. We do long form interviews. They go for about an hour and we really get down and dirty and talk about what's really going on in people's lives and how can we use, say, astrology or magic or, you know, whatever to like increase our lives. And they're such fun conversations. Um, And yeah, but you know, the vortex is really where I'm putting all of my energy. I'm creating new stuff for it every single week. And it's like a, it's a crazy, like I also, as part of the vortex, I decided people should get a magazine. So, you know, I now I'm creating and sending a quarterly magazine, which is kind of like my favorite project right now, but yeah, it's very, um, it's a lot of stuff, but I feel like when I'm more creative, I'm more creative, you know, like I don't want long periods of downtime. I want to have stuff to do every day because it helps me come up with new ideas. Yeah, no, some people just work that way to where it's just like the more they create, the more creativity that comes to them. Exactly. Yeah. And I honestly think it's true for most people. Yeah. Whether they realize it or not, like (laughs) they may not have experimented with it yet, but I think if you, if you have ever had a time where, you know, you're under the pump, you have to produce something or make something, you know, your brain is so engaged. You can't help, but have new ideas. Yeah. Or yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like you, I love a deadline when I'm under a deadline. Like I feel like I could create two times the amount of content that like I'm supposed to, like, it just kind of starts to, it starts to flow for sure. Mm -hmm. And people listening should know too. I've seen you like flip through the magazine on your Instagram and places like that, that your video content and that magazine, like it's beautiful, like well-produced, you know, high quality content. It's not like you popped up your iPhone. Like (laughs) my videographer is like my best friend. I see her like two or three times a week. We're filming all the time. And I'm speaking to you from my new office, which is the townhouse next to mine that I've just rented and I've rented it for us to film in. So, you know, this is a full on production. We really do it right. And it's just beautiful and it sounds good and the magazine is like exquisitely designed and I'm so so proud of everything that we're doing and you know I'm really excited about what we're doing but it's also taken me you know 15 years to get to this point like I have been producing content on the internet for 15 years full-time as my job so Fuck, man. Things take time. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Not just in terms of like your taste level, but in terms of what you're capable of and what your vision is and the technology catching up with you and all those things. Like these things take time. 
Yeah. And one thing, like you couldn't be where you are now without the things that happened. You know, I couldn't like you talked about like MySpace, you touched on that, like all those things, you know, if I hadn't like learned the ropes on MySpace, I wouldn't be good at Instagram now. Like people forget, like there is no such thing as this overnight success. A lot of us that people think that about, like, no, we've been like busting at it for years and years and years. Yeah, absolutely. So never forget. It just takes time. It's not going to happen overnight, everybody. All right. So I'm going to wrap up with a few little like kind of you don't have to be quick, but, you know, kind of a, a few last minute little questions here. So I wondered, besides yourself, of course, who are some of your favorite, and you use the term self-development, who are some of your favorite people in that genre? You mentioned Tony Robbins and Daniel Laporte, like anybody whose books you love, podcasts you love, Instagram feeds? That's a good question. I reread The Success Principles by Jack Canfield pretty much every year. He's like, it's a phenomenal book for anyone who's really into personal growth and just like succeeding in life. Um, but I'm always reading something new and I, there's actually, I don't follow a lot of, um, I guess like self-helpy wellnessy influences because I think it's important to have your own sense of vision and I don't want to be looking at what everybody else is doing because it's none of my business and I like mm-hmm. to stay in my own lane. So I think I, I do less looking at that online these days and more I read books and I listen to podcasts and that kind of thing. Um, but it is really important for me to have my own vision of what I'm doing and not rely too heavily on like, oh, so-and-so is doing this and so-and-so is doing that. I wonder if I should do this. Like, I like to come to my conclusions independently and on my own as mm-hmm. much as possible. No, and that's great advice for anybody in any spectrum. I mean, in the in the DIY and the craft industry, like it can happen very quickly where everybody's Instagram feed looks like, you know, white background, flat lay, same colors. And you're just like, whose feed am I looking at? I can't remember anymore. Yeah, they all kind of... so fucking boring. It's so fucking boring. Like I have a rule if I'm looking through Instagram and I see someone's pictures and they start to be predictable to me and I know what they're going to post, I unfollow them. I'm ruthless. <laughs> I like it. I like what you want to see any like cookie cutter, mediocre bullshit anywhere. Like I just don't want to see it. So you can curate your social media feed to look however you want. So don't fuck yourself. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. I mean, I only have, I'm too busy like creating content. I don't have time to like scroll, you know? So it's like, if I do have time to scroll, like I want it to be stuff that I look at and I'm just like, damn, yes. Like that's so good. Like every single time I don't want the ones that I just have to fly past. Like, oh my God, again, like another of that picture. Totally. Like surround yourself with like the best in class. Like, why would you look at some average shit? Don't you want to be around amazing people? Like you can do that through Instagram. Yeah, I mean, it's like you're not going to hang like mediocre art on your walls. Like, you know, just surround yourself in all the spaces with the inspiring things. Only do the stuff that you really love and really are driven by. Great advice. So um, I heard you say on one of the things that I was watching this morning about front load your day with a sacred morning practice. So do you have something that like you do every day? And then after that, do you have something for like, you know, let's say like Betty, the knitter in Nebraska, who's listening and is just like, what are they talking about with manifesting in abundance? Like what's something that someone could like baby step their way into this arena with? So I created this fantastic practice called the magical morning practice that I really love and works miracles in people's lives very quickly, no matter how practiced you may or may not be at manifestation. So everybody wakes up and looks at their phone first thing. It's pretty much a universal trend. And I think we should harness our phones to help us create the lives we want rather than scrolling through Instagram, like we were just saying, and simply reacting to everybody else's life. So when you wake up in the morning, when you grab your phone, go to your voice memos app and start talking into your voice memo. So hit record and you're going to record your voice memo in three pieces. The first thing you're going to talk about is what you're grateful for today, whether it's that you're wearing your favorite pajamas, whether the sun is out, whether you're going to have, you know, a great meeting today that you're excited about, whatever it is, you talk about what you're truly grateful for, for maybe a minute if you can. 
The second thing you're going to do is talk about your daily desire. And this is a really great way of getting in touch with what you actually want from your life rather than just flying through your to-do list every day that doesn't necessarily bring you any pleasure or joy and is simply about maintaining the status quo. We want to start thinking about what it is we really want. But the key to stating your daily desires is that you're going to phrase them in the past tense as if they've already happened. So after you say your gratitude piece, you're going to say, for my daily desires, I had the most beautiful day. I woke up early. I had a great coffee. I went to work and I had this really great interaction with a customer. When I came home, you know, my husband really like paid attention to me and we just had this beautiful evening together or whatever it is. So you're going to state it in the past tense, like it's already happened. And then the second or the third part of the magical morning practice is you're going to talk about your future desires, like your grand desires. Maybe it's to be a New York Times bestseller, or maybe it's to buy a Tesla, or maybe it's to, I don't know, sell um, $1,000 worth of stuff every week. But again, you're going to phrase it in the future, in the past tense. So you're going to say, for my future desires... I'm so grateful that I'm a New York Times bestseller and I did this tour around America and I met so many amazing people who've read my book and it's really touched them. And I bought this Tesla and I'm like loving driving it around California or whatever it is. So you're going to say these three pieces and then you're going to stop recording it and you're going to send it to a friend. And this friend is someone who deeply loves you and supports you. No frenemies allowed. It's got to be someone who is ride or die, who will be excited for your desires in the way that you're excited for them. And if you don't have anyone like that in your life right now, then just hold on to the recording. It's better to keep it to yourself than to send it to someone who's not going to be supportive. But what happens is you make this recording every morning. You send it to your friend, they listen to it and they record the same and send it back to you. And it becomes this beautiful morning practice where you're really putting yourself in this state of you're pre-paving your way to the things that you want with gratitude and with feeling like they're already a part of your life. And this is the fastest manifesting practice I know of. It is so powerful and You know, within the Vortex, we have a magical morning partners thread where everyone exchanges phone numbers and they make these friends and they're trading these voice memos every morning. It's really beautiful, but it's just a really amazing practice. And I developed it with a friend a couple of years ago. And as we were doing it together, we really just experienced the most incredible growth. And I think it's a really great place to start. And honestly, you know, if you're nervous about doing this and nervous about sending it to someone, just record it for yourself you know, and it's even doing that, speaking your desires aloud, having the courage to say out loud what you truly want is so powerful. Yeah. I hear a lot of people say that, like I've heard Rachel Hollis speak to that before. And I know, you know, she's a polarizing person, but I heard her talk about with her book saying that she would wake up and be like, I'm a New York times bestseller. I'm a New York times bestseller. Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. if you say it enough times, like, it makes it happen. And then my second thought on that is like, I got to get some better friends because I don't know that I have anybody that I could send that to and would send it back to me. (laughs) And that's the thing too, is, you know, as we increase our vibration and we become more interested in feeling good every day, the people who are not in alignment with that will start to fall away. And honestly, it's one of the best things that will ever happen to you because if you are not ride or die for your friends and if vice versa, what the fuck are you doing with your time? Like your friends should be so excited about the things that you want to do. And if they're not, it's definitely time to meet some new people. And again, that's another reason why the vortex is so powerful. Everyone there is there to support other women. And you know, that's been like carefully cultivated so that that's the dynamic there. And we have zero tolerance for anyone who is not on that same path. So But yeah, you know, having a really powerful group of friends is so, so important. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, sounds like I need to, I need to get up on that vortex saying, come, I love my friends, but I do think they would be like, why are you sending me this voice memo? (laughs) So I need to get up on that vortex come December. All right. The last question, and I ask everybody this, is if I came to see you, where would we have queso? And if you don't know what queso is, that is totally fine as well, because a lot of people haven't. 
God, I mean, I guess we'd have to go to a Mexican place here. Um, I don't know. I've never been to El Coyote, but it's like this old LA landmark with the great neon signs. And I'm pretty sure they'd have amazing queso, but it would be fun because it would be like an LA classic and it would just be like a fun experience. And I'm sure the people watching would be unbelievable. Ooh, double whammy. I like it. Yeah. Ooh. Well, Gala, thank you so much for being on today and chatting with me. And I'm I'm excited. I'm going to try this like the morning ritual and all the things. You should. Yeah. Just record them for yourself and you'll just feel your energy shift when you set your morning up this way, because, you know, we can do whatever we want with our energy in the morning. We might as well put it towards something that's going to lead you forward into something powerful. And I think you'll feel the difference so, so quickly. Absolutely. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. All right. Bye-bye. I am so into the idea of high vibrations and surrounding yourself with other like-minded, high vibe crafty people. Sounds like the Vortex is definitely worth checking out. And I can tell you, I'll be tapping my troubles away with Gala on Sundays during her high vibe honey series. I'll link to all of Gala's classes, social channels, and books in the show notes, but you can find her at Gala Darling on Instagram. That is at G-A-L-A-D-A-R-L-I-N-G. That's on Instagram. In the meantime, if you just can't wait to get to those show notes. Speaking of the website where the show notes live, be sure to pop over and also read this week's Taco About It Tuesday interview with Laura Stokes Estrada of Charcoal Designs. Laura has been casting resin jewelry and wall plaques with a nod to mid-century design for years. Find out all about her journey, how she keeps all her crafty ducks in a row, and where she goes for resin casting advice. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to go back through the archives. You might enjoy episodes with other high vibe honeys like scrapbook artist Amy Tangerine, HGTV handmade hosts Andrew and Dennis from the Crafty Lumberjacks, or Oracle Card Deck creator Jennifer Sodini. Remember to please subscribe, share, rate, review, and all of those fun things. And you can also take a little screenshot while you're listening, share it on Instagram, and tag me as one of my very favorite methods. Thank you again to my amazing guest, Gala Darling, to my producer, Mariah Gossett, to Chris Beck for the music, and to you guys for listening. I'm always so glad you're here, hanging out. And don't forget, if you love it, if you got ideas, if you want to hear more besides a review, you can always find me on Instagram, at Creative Queso, or if you're feeling in the mood to look at some Halloween decorations, check out at Jennifer Perkins. And I will see you guys next week. Thursday.